Welcome back to the Heal Your Hormones podcast. On today's Friday Chats episode, I want to dive into the topic of Pilates. Now, if you're on TikTok or really social media in general, you may have noticed that Pilates has become very trendy over the past year. Pretty much all the wellness influencers out there are doing it at some point in their routine. And maybe this is my algorithm that I'm seeing, but I feel like it really has just blown up recently. And a lot of people think that Pilates is this like new trendy form of movement. And I'm hoping it's not just trendy right now, but Pilates has really been around for so long. So I was first introduced to it when I was probably 13, 14 years old. As a dancer, it was part of our cross training. So when I would go to summer intensives, which is basically when you go to another state for the summer to basically dance all day and train with other instructors, Pilates was always part of our course curriculum. When I went to boarding school, it was also one of our weekly classes. And then when I went to Boston Ballet and Joffrey Ballet in our PT rooms, we would have the, the Pilates equipment to use as well. Now, I actually hated Pilates when I was younger. I thought it was so boring. You know, I was a dancer. I liked to spin and jump really big. And I, and I just, I thought it was slow and small and I would rush through it. And if you've done Pilates before, you know, the slower you go, the more you get out of it. So really my appreciation level for Pilates was zero. And if my Pilates instructors from back then knew that I am now a Pilates instructor, they would probably roll their eyes because I made class kind of miserable for them as a teenager. So I didn't really fully appreciate it until I stopped dancing. When I was about 21, I stopped dancing and I went to college and my body felt horrible. I mean, within the first few months, just sitting in class all day, my spine constantly hurt. I felt like I was constantly twisting my back, having to get up to pop my hips. And I was just like, I can't, I can't function like this. Like I can't focus in class. My body was in such a bad place. And at the time I was running marathon. So it wasn't like I was completely inactive. I just wasn't really moving my body in the way it needed. So I just had this, I don't even remember how I thought of it, but I just somehow had the idea of I'm going to get my Pilates teacher training certificate. So I looked into it. I was going to school in Burlington, Vermont at the time. It's a really small college town on a lake in the mountains. It's really beautiful, but it's very small. So the fact that there was a teacher training program offered up there at all was a miracle. But on top of it, the fact that it was actually a very good program was just like the cherry on top. So I did the Pulsar teacher training. Their headquarters are actually based out of Miami, but they will send trainers to different studios throughout the world to host these trainings. And I looked into it three months later, the training was going to start and I was like, perfect, I'm doing it. So it was a nine month program. I did it throughout my final year of college. I really only had to go to college for about a year and a half in person because I had done so much online while I was dancing. And I finished up, I believe I finished up my training the same month that I graduated, which was in December of 2012. So after that, I started teaching part-time. That was always my intention. I never wanted to teach full-time. I never wanted to own a studio. My plan was just to kind of use it as supplemental income through medical school, which is what I did through residency, which is also what I did. And I taught at probably collectively about eight to nine studios over the past 11 years. Now, 
Fast forward to when I moved to Atlanta during the pandemic, I had recently started my virtual practice. I'd moved to a new city. So I was teaching Pilates more often, partially for the income, but mostly because I was living alone, working alone and didn't know anyone in the city. So the only way I would really interact with people in person was by teaching Pilates, which now that I say it out loud, it's kind of sad, but that was the, that was my situation at the time. So, um, I ended up working with a woman who I worked with one-on-one for private sessions for about a year and a half. And last year she came to me and essentially she has a background in business and marketing and said, you know, we should team up and open a studio. So we opened a studio in Atlanta. It's called the studio Pilates. And we opened in November of 2022. And I am able to balance both right now because I don't have to do the business and marketing for the studio. So my role is really hiring and training instructors, creating the class schedule, creating class programming, just kind of doing the Pilates portion of it, which is what I do best. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of how I am involved in the Pilates world. If you follow me on Instagram, you may see that I'm always at the studio and I go to the studio every morning for about an hour or two, and then I'll see patients afterwards. So it's a really good balance for me. It gets me out of my apartment. Otherwise I may never leave because of course I see all my patients virtually. So I want to share a little bit about the background of Pilates because I think there's a common misconception that one, you have to be really fit or active or athletic to do Pilates, which is not true. Or two, that Pilates is going to, you know, give you this like wellness influencer, super slim body, which also isn't always true or that Pilates is like yoga, which is also not true. So Pilates actually originally started during world war one. And Joseph Pilates was a nurse in World War I. His background was as a circus performer, a self-defense instructor, and a boxer. And he had created this method of movement to really just help himself be in the best physical state possible. But during the war, he started to, he was working as a nurse and he started to apply this method to wounded soldiers to help them regain strength and mobility. And I think that's really important because it highlights the fact that Pilates comes from a very therapeutic healing background. Now, when the war was over, Joseph Pilates moved to New York with his wife, Clara, and they had a body conditioning gym. And New York City was and is a huge mecca for dancers. And so very quickly, dancers heard about his method and were realizing if they consistently did Pilates, it helped them prevent injuries and allowed them to perform better. And very quickly, Pilates became ingrained in the dance community. Now, during this time, he also tried to get Pilates accepted by the medical community. But at that time, and probably similar to today, the conventional medical community had a very narrow vision or a very um, kind of limited idea of what health should look like. So they didn't really appreciate his approach, even though it's very similar to physical therapy. It just wasn't accepted by the medical community. Now in 1995, that's really when Pilates start to become more well-known amongst non-dancers. So my mom has been doing Matt Pilates on her own in the morning for the past, like, 30 plus years, I think maybe since before I was born. And, you know, that is really how I think most households knew it. If they knew it at all was more so Matt Pilates done at home. Now in the past couple of years, we really have started to see Pilates completely take off 
it started with celebrities, I think talking about it, and then it moved into the influencers and now it's becoming more and more well-known. Fun fact, actually, in the city of Atlanta, the number one term that was Google searched in 2022 was Pilates. I was like amazed to see that. But now, right now, you'll, what you'll be seeing on TikTok is reformer Pilates. You'll see those machines. Those machines are called a reformer. And essentially, they are kind of modeled after a hospital bed. So if we rewind back to World War One, when Joseph Pilates was helping wounded soldiers, he would attach springs and ropes to provide resistance and assistance for the soldiers in their bed. So the reformer has springs that you can either add on for more resistance or take off for less resistance. It has straps that you can pull and that will actually move a piece of the reformer called the carriage that kind of slides back and forth. So on the reformer, you can lay on it, you can sit, you can kneel, you can stand. It's really the, the, what you can do in Pilates, it's endless. There are so many exercises and different like order of exercises that you can do. No workout is going to be the same. Now with Pilates, I really believe every body can benefit. Doesn't matter your age, doesn't matter any injuries, whether you're prenatal, postpartum, your, your history of exercise or movement, you can go from being a couch potato for 30 years and still be able to do Pilates. You can also be, you know, an ultra marathon runner and still get benefit out of Pilates because Pilates can be modified. So it can be more challenging or less challenging and really adapted to whatever your body needs. Pilates really focuses on core strength and spine mobility. Joseph Pilates used to say, you're, you're only as young as your spine is flexible. And that's really what Pilates focuses on. And while yes, it does incorporate breath with the movement, similar to yoga. When I think of yoga, I more so think of stretching and holding poses, whereas Pilates is more of that core strengthening, constant movement and opening up the spine. Now, People always ask, you know, what about strength training? Is Pilates going to be enough? Depending on what like Pilates instructor you have and kind of the intensity level of that class, yes. So strength training can absolutely be found through Pilates. Like I had mentioned on the reformer, you have those different springs that can increase resistance. So that is strength training. We can also use free hand weights in Pilates. If you're doing that Pilates or reformer Pilates, that is strength training. So if you're somebody with PCOS who has insulin resistance, blood sugar imbalance, maybe your testosterone is low and you're trying to increase it with strength training, Pilates absolutely can benefit you. Now, those who have maybe high cortisol levels, like high stress, or maybe you have something called hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is when we either overexercise and undereat, and that communication between our ovaries and our brain shuts off, Pilates can also benefit you because you can do a slower, lower impact Pilates class that is still focusing on that core connection and opening up the spine. It's a still a full body workout without the intensity that is only going to stress your adrenal glands or stress your ovaries even more. So it really can be adapted for whatever you need. Now, of course, that is finding the right Pilates studio, the right Pilates instructor to really fit your needs. 
Something that we do at the studio Pilates in Atlanta is have different levels of classes, which I think really allows people to find the right fit for them. So we have our level three classes that are, you know, really much more advanced, faster paced. That's going to be where you find more of the strength training versus our level one classes, which are a little bit slower, lower impact. But I've been doing this for, you know, over 11 years and I find benefit from any of the levels. I go to level one and it's it's still hard, just in a different way compared to level three. It's also really great cross training. So if you're a golfer, really great cross training tennis, any of those unilateral exercises, you know, where you're kind of twisting, or maybe you're hitting the ball with the same arm every time Pilates is going to help to prevent injury and help to balance you out with Pilates. I know not everyone has access to a Pilates studio, So finding an instructor that you can do mat Pilates with at home can be really helpful. I have talked about Leah Bartha and her Be The Method many times in the podcast. I've been doing her workouts since the pandemic. I absolutely love her. Like cannot say enough good things about her, her approach to Pilates. She's kind of taken Pilates and and made it her own, but it still has the principles of Pilates. So if you are looking for a way to get into it at home, I highly, highly, highly recommend Be The Method. It's an app with videos ranging from 15 to 60 minutes. I believe it's something like $150 for the whole year of videos. She has live classes, pre-recorded classes. It's amazing. Now, if you are looking for a studio in person, the quality of instructors is going to vary. And that's because there isn't really a governing board that's looking at the different Pilates teacher training. So some teachers are trained much better than others. And so if you've had a bad experience with Pilates in the past, maybe it just didn't feel good in your body. The instructor moved too quickly. You didn't quite understand the point of it. You probably didn't have the best instructor. So I would say continue to look elsewhere, maybe try a different instructor at that studio or just try a different studio in general. Now, I know with social media, you know, the wellness influencers are really pushing Pilates right now, which in a way has been good because it's kind of gotten the word out. But there also is this unrealistic expectation that if you do Pilates, you're going to automatically get this long, lean Pilates body. And that's just not reality. Pilates, anyone in in any sort of body shape can do Pilates. It's yes, it's going to, you know, maybe make you a little more toned. It's going to definitely make you feel better in your body, but is it going to be the secret to shedding 50 pounds? No. And that's one thing I'm not loving right now about this Pilates trend on social media is these girls who are naturally very thin, who have probably been thin since, you know, they were born are like, yeah, I do Pilates. And like, that's why I look like this. Like, no, you look like that. So genetics, if you stop Pilates tomorrow and started doing something else, you'd still look like that. So just keep that in mind. If you're going to Pilates, expecting this drastic transformation, I do think that yes, you are going to feel better in your body. You're going to feel better physically and mentally, but it's not going to be this ginormous aesthetic shift. Okay. I'm realizing that this Friday Chats episode turned into a much longer episode than intended. I could obviously talk about Pilates forever, but I hope that was helpful. Maybe that will encourage me to give it a try or at least add it in one day a week into, you know, whatever you're currently doing, whether that's running, biking, strength training, cycling. Um, It's really just such something so good to have on board for your body, especially as we age. I know I'm going to be doing this until the day I die, like no questions asked. 
in some capacity. Will I be doing, you know, crazy planks when I'm 90 years old? Maybe, but probably not, but I will be doing Pilates in some way. All right. That is all I have for you today. Have a wonderful weekend and I will see you on Tuesday.